0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is Professor Kent Smetters.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money here on Sirius Business Radio, channel 132 that's powered by the Wharton School. And I'm Kent Smetters, a professor here in the Philadelphia campus and we are live every tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m eastern repeated throughout the week and the purpose of the show is simply to help you make better decisions with your money that let me introduce my first uh guest who is john vento who is the president of comprehensive wealth management in uh new york and um he's also the author of a new book called financial independence getting the point x a comprehensive tax smart wealth management guide and welcome to the show john
0: Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me today.
1: And so let's talk about what taxpayers should do, you know, to help minimize their tax liability under the new law. What are some tips that you have for them?
0: Well, I think the number one thing they should do is get themselves familiar with the current tax laws. As you mentioned, I just published a book through uh, Wiley & Son, which is now available. Uh, That book also encompasses uh, the 10 wealth management issues we all face throughout our lifetime. But at the very end of each chapter, I have a section called Tax Alpha to the Second Power. And what that does is, within each of your wealth management issues, it will provide you with tax-saving tips, things you need to do now, so that when tax time comes, you can minimize your biggest expense, which, of course, is taxes. So I would encourage people to invest a little time in uh, educating themselves a little in this area and then taking it upon themselves – to take the appropriate right, action, yep. and uh, the key here, again, is that 99% of what you need to do to cu- cut your tax bill next year must be done before December 31st, and so now really is the time for them to be focusing on this.
1: So talk a, a little bit about how individual tax rates have have changed. I mean, most of the action, of course, in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was on the corporate side, um, By there were certainly some changes on the individual side. Talk about both the marginal tax rates as well as some of the deductions and things like that.
0: Sure. Now, in terms of individual tax rates, those were cut straight across the board, so almost every individual will be seeing a reduction in the rate of tax that they're paying. Uh, some individuals that tax cut could be as much as 4%. Those individuals in the higher tax bracket, their rate reduction went down by about 2.6%. So if we're just looking at tax rates alone, everyone would be saving money straight across the board. Now, a couple of uh, things to also point out to you. Uh, there was always the subject of the marriage penalty, which I'm sure you and your viewers have heard before. You know today we live in a, in a world where uh, both husband and wife typically work. And what's always happened in the past, when I have a new married couple coming in to see me, I always have to break the bad news that if they were single, and if I got married, their overall tax rate would have been lower. Uh, simply by the act of getting married, now the second taxpayer's income is going to be subject to the higher tax rate. So under the new tax law, the marriage penalty has been almost eliminated for everyone except for those in extremely high tax brackets. Mm. So, a lot of people will be getting a very pleasant surprise, especially married couples, this year when they go ahead and file their tax return.
1: Yeah. At the same time, you know, for folks in California, New Jersey, and New York, a little disappointed. Talk about some of that.
0: Sure. One of the most controversial changes here uh, in the tax law is that state and local income tax, as well as sales tax and real estate tax, where in, under the prior law, you were able to take a deduction for those items uh, if you itemized your du- deductions. Under the new law, there's been a dramatic change, and that change basically will cap the combination of all three of those taxes on your itemized deductions to no more than $10,000 as, as a married couple or single, if you're married, filing separate, that number goes all the way down to 5000 So for many people in those high-income tax states, such as the one I come from, New York, you will be losing a substantial tax break, and that is state and local income tax.
1: Yeah. And certainly the standard deduction and exemption amounts, when it changes to itemized deductions, I mean, uh, explain kind of in a nutshell what happened there.
0: Sure. So the whole purpose behind uh, these tax law changes was really uh, threefold. One was to simplify your tax preparation process so that you don't have to pay tax preparers crazy money to prepare your return every year, even if you had a simple return. Uh, Number two, it's going to lower people's taxes almost, again, straight across the board, and hopefully put more money in people's pockets so that, you, the individual who earned it, could decide how that money's going to be spent rather than giving that money up to some politician who's going to dictate that for you. So in terms of the standard deduction under the new tax plan, the standard deduction has been almost doubled in every case. So, for example, if you were single, you could deduct $6,350 with no questions asked. Now that number's up to 12000 and for joint filers, that number went from 12,007 up to 24,000. So that, combined with the fact that many deductions, in fact, have been eliminated, uh, I do think the vast majority of individuals this year will be filing and just taking the standard deduction going forward. That, you know, has a lot of advantages. One is it's going to make your return much simpler. But I also think one of the biggest things we always fear is an IRS audit. I think the number of individual tax IRS audits will be a fraction of what they were in the past, because everyone will be taking a more standard deduction, which there's no way that number could get questioned. Yeah. So I think overall that is definitely a positive.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, no question a lot of the audits in the past, uh, a set of s- small employers have been on, on itemized deduction charitable, and so forth. So I've been speaking with John Bento. He is the president of Comprehensive Wealth Management, again, and author of the new book, Financial Independence, a Comprehensive Tax-Smart Wealth Uh, management guide. And so certainly there's been lots of quirks in the tax law in the past. And certainly this is um, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which is the informal name. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was actually struck at the last minute on the bird Rule violation. But nonetheless, people still call it that. And so um, let's talk about married couples who are in the process of getting uh, a divorce. How things change there.
0: Great, great question. So uh, what happened was since this law was passed towards the end of last year, uh, this tax law change related to couples entering a divorce, uh, that law did not change and will not change until the end of this year. So what that means is that under the old law, if you were the spouse paying money to your other spouse, you basically would get a tax deduction for that alimony payment if you are on the receiving end of that alimony, you would have to pick it up as income. Now, for many taxpayers, that worked out pretty well because typically, it would be the higher uh, earner is the one making the payment to the other side. Right. So there was some tax efficiency to that. Effective uh, for all divorce agreements entered into as of January 1st, 2019, the alimony deduction and requirement to report it as income has been completely eliminated. So, that is a pretty significant change, so my prediction is that there 's going to be a massive amount of divorces entered into you know anybody that 's on the fence or anybody mm. that is in the process uh, there is a big motivation here to get that divorce settled before december thirty first especially if you 're the payer of uh, of that alimony
1: yeah, yeah, I mean certainly the, the divorce agreements are going to be shifting. If, you know, it's the extent that smart tax lawyers uh, look at the after-tax, you know, of, of value on each side. And certainly AMT, a lot of people don't realize, of course, everybody knows about the AMT on the individual side. The corporate AMT, which one existed um, as well, that got struck. But the AMT on the individual side has only been modified. Talk about some of that. Sure.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned on the corporate side,
1: AMT has been eliminated altogether. Yeah. On the individual side, the
0: amount that, uh, of tax before you're subject to it uh, is now increased, permanently increased and will also be inf- uh, adjusted for inflation on yeah. an annual basis. So that in and of itself is a big deal, but what I've come to realize, the more significant issue about AMT is going to be that the primary reason people were subject to AMT in the past were two deductions that they itemized. One was that whole category of state and local income tax and real estate tax. Right. It's capped at 10000 so that means it's not going to be an add-back item anymore. The other big item that I would say, again, 90% of people subject to AMT were subject to it because of investment-related expenses and work-related expenses. Those are no longer deductible under right. the new law, thereby they're not going to be an add back item. So the significance of this is pretty pretty big. Uh I think very 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 few people will be subject to AMT going forward because the two biggest causes of AMT are no longer deductible in the first place. And just to add a little more emphasis to that point, uh, again I am in New York, but I do work with clients all over the country, but in preparing individual tax returns this year and doing tax planning, I also did a comparison for my clients based on the current law and uh, the new law. And even in New York, nine out of ten people were paying significantly lower taxes. And big part of that is even though many people lost the deduction for state and local income tax, uh, that deduction was more than offset by the elimination of the AMT tax that they weren't paying. Right. So, you know, the way I view this, and, uh, you know, not to get political on it, but, the AMT, if you think about it, it was really just a politician's way of telling you, uh, you could keep all your deductions, but from the backdoor approach, they were basically eliminating all those deductions anyway through the AMT. Yeah. So now I think we do have a much simpler tax process, and the fact that many people won't be hit with that major surprise of AMT, I think is a big, big plus for everyone.
1: Yeah, I and mean, uh, the... Faculty director of the Penn Wharton budget model, we did a lot of analysis during the tax uh, a debate, In you know, the Wall Street Journal holds a very simplified version of our tax calculator. I think if you Google on the Wall Street Journal the Republican tax plan or something like that, it's just nine inputs, and you can figure out your tax liability before and after the law. And it's uh, it's definitely true that uh, even a lot of people got capped on SALT, the uh, state and local tax deduction made off well with the re- uh, reduction of the AMT. They're still going to be... In uh, a, a pretty good shape. And a lot of people don't realize the AMT was created almost 50 years ago to really go after less than 200 taxpayers. It was a very political thing. Congress had all these you know, hearings, of these millionaires not paying taxes, and uh, but it was, was not indexed for inflation. So it really dragged a lot of people into the AMT over time. So let's talk about some, uh, the Rubio, obviously, you know, Senator Rubio wanted to push, you know, a lot for tax breaks for families with children. Explain some of those changes.
0: Sure. And I do give Rubio a lot of credit for his emphasis on this. I think he was like the determining vote at one point. Oh,
1: he was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If it
0: wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't see such a generous tax credit. Mm -hmm. So in the past, the tax credit was limited to just one thousand dollars if you had children that were under the age of seventeen uh... that tax credit now has been increased all the way to two thousand dollars but the, the more significant yeah. uh, item to this is the threshold by which you qualify previously very few taxpayers uh... especially taxpayers from new york who are making $100,000 or more very few of them qualify for this child tax credit now, the threshold has been raised to four hundred thousand for married couples, two hundred thousand for individuals. So what that means is that a vast majority of middle class and even upper middle class taxpayers will be getting a tax break finally for their children. Yeah. and even when you think about the fact that the personal exemption has now been eliminated, you know that's clearly a negative. But the fact is that higher income taxpayers we're not even getting the benefit of claiming their children, and now some of them will actually get this tax credit on top of that. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised come April fifteenth this year.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize is that you know a lot of these tax breaks, um, you know, for lower income households. That um, when we just talked about the. Um, the e, uh, earned income tax credit and uh, some other breaks that sometimes are what we call refundable, and that is if the breaks are bigger than your actual tax liability, you can actually get a check uh, in, in the mail. So let's talk about some of the uh, estate tax. That uh, Obviously, that was a big debate going on for a while, in particular, was going to be kind of an overhaul where they would you know, get rid of the exemption, but then just do kind of Get rid of the basis step up at death, but then just tax everything at capital gains. But in the end, they just decided to kind of basically double the limit. So explain that.
0: Correct. So currently, under the new law, the estate tax limit is 11.2 million per taxpayer. So a married couple, uh, as long as the, pers- the person that passes away for the first death, as long as they file an estate tax return and make an election. To uh, transfer that exemption amount to their spouse upon the death of the second spouse, that's called portability. That's the uh, technical term for yeah. it. That number has been now raised to $22.4 million. So, you know, you need to be pretty well off to be subject to estate tax these days. Uh, and I think this was also a very, very positive move because so many people, you know, work hard, they sacrifice, uh, they get a couple of good breaks in life and with with low estate tax thresholds basically what's happening is they're leaving a big chunk of their money to the federal government and you know you know this better than i do but we literally get taxed to death in this country when you think about income tax payroll taxes sales tax real estate tax i mean that list just goes on and on but then to add insult to injury we get taxed just for the act of dying so by increasing that threshold uh, very few people will now be subject to estate tax. And that will also be a big savings to the family, not only tax-wise, but they don't have to deal with all the uh, tax planning and everything else that normally goes along with that. Yeah,
1: And quite related, a lot of small business owners are the ones who do or pass along large estates. I mean, even under the previous uh, estate tax limit, only about 4,000 households per year are getting hit with it. But Obviously, that's going to go down. But let's talk about small business owners in, in, in particular. Obviously, there is a lot in limbo, and, and as Treasury did some rule writing in terms of all of that, it kind of summarizes where um, you know these pass-through entities, the, their their tax treatment, as as you see it.
0: Sure, and you know, before I even do that, I just want to emphasize the corporate tax rate, as yeah. we mentioned earlier. Now, that's been reduced from 35% to 21%. So if you look at that, that's a 14% reduction in the rate. But in terms of a percentage of the profit that a corporation is showing, that's really 14% on top of 35%. So what that translates to, and I just read an article recently where they said that corporate profits right now, we're talking about corporate America here, publicly traded companies, the corporate profits are up close to 31%. That increase alone, straight across the board, is coming just from the tax savings that these corporations have incurred. And the beauty of that is I do believe that a majority of the the stock market increase during 2017 is only directed to one thing, and that's from a valuation point of view. If your bottom line profits went up 31%, well, guess what? The value of your stock also went up 31%. So now, just to get to your question, the point to your question is, now, since we made some ch- major changes at the corporate level for big corporate America, included in the Tax Cut Act, there was a new Code Section 199A deduction. And what that means is if you're a small business owner, and that's where the majority of jobs come from in this country, if you're a small business owner, you may now be able to take a special tax deduction of 20% on the profit you show from your business. So that could represent a 20% reduction in the federal income tax rate for certain small businesses.
1: Yeah. And there is certainly big debates uh, going on there in terms of certain uh, types of businesses are... Not included in that. So Treasury did some serious rule writing cause, uh, to, to prevent gaming um, uh, uh, of that. In my opinion, the this Texas this Cuts and Jobs Act was passed so quickly. The rule writing that Treasury just recently did probably will not withstand a court challenge. But nonetheless, that we'll see how that, that plays out. So, John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Fantastic job.
0: My pleasure.
1: And you can find out more about John by going to his website, which is VentoCPA.com. Again, Vento is spelled with a T. In particular, VentoCPA.com, and/or check out the second edition of his book, Financial Independence: A Comprehensive Tax Smart Wealth Management Guide.
0: For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.